A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this new podcast. And I say new podcast because... For 333 episodes previously, there's been the Mastering the Game of Life, Speaking from Our Hearts banner. And now we enter a new era, a new era that's called World Game Changers. And to start off this very, very first one under that banner, World Game Changers listeners, I'm absolutely honored and thrilled to be inviting a lady from California, the United States of America, a lady by the name of Sally Hooper. Sally, a very, very warm welcome to you. Good morning to you, Paul. I'm pleased to be here. It's a privilege. So, listeners, what I thought we'd start off with doing um, on this very first one is the theme of unsung heroes. Isn't it true that within life, I'm sure we all know somebody that with classes are unsung hero. You know, they do what they do selflessly for the benefit of others. You know, that might be the kids, it might be the family, it might be for strangers. But the world is full of these, these unsung heroes. So that's kind of the, uh, the conversation that I'd like to, you know, like to have with Sally. So Sally, unsung heroes, isn't it true that mainly... I ask from a general point of view that people, when you know, you say, "Oh, about here, oh, what's all the fuss about?" I just do what I do. You know, have you ever heard that? Are you uh, aware of that? Are you familiar with that? Oh yes, Barry. I think those are those are some of the most um, heroic of the of the group, right? Those humble humble beings that just carry on doing what they're doing without without requiring the fuss or seeking the fuss. So. Definitely. Would you describe yourself as one of those people, Sally? I wouldn't, but I've been told that, um, you know, I'm someone that people look up to for a number of reasons, but it's always kind of um, uh, humbling to hear and certainly um, a privilege to hear at the same time. Hmm. So have you ever had anybody where you've said, wow, you're such a hero and they've kind of batted it away from you as well? Oh, Sally, stop making a force. I just do what I do. You ever had that? Yes, of course. We all have. I'm sure um, hmm. I'm sure you have as well, Paul. There's um, the world is littered with unsung heroes. And um, if you haven't found any, open your eyes a little bit bigger because they are here, there, and everywhere doing unassuming things and grand things, um, you name it. Mm. What is it then, Sally, that makes us do that as human beings, do you think? You know, we just, oh, what's all that? Stop, stop making a false. Any thoughts around what, why we do that as individuals, as human beings? Well, I think, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, my career has um, has been largely in the field of special education and autism. And so a lot of that has to do with behavior and analyzing behavior. And um, 
attention is certainly one function of human behavior um, that seems to be um, a theme for lots of people, but not others. And I think the unsung heroes are not operating out of, out of um, seeking attention. And so when they do get attention for doing heroic things, it feels uncomfortable to them because it's not what they're after. That would be mm. my guess. Mm. Yeah, I suppose there's, I mean, if, if I can be allowed to share, Sally, and obviously listeners have heard me go down this road on more than one occasion, but this whole thing of why, you know, the label that I've picked up over the years of Unsung Hero, for example, example, and, and my part that I played in that. I mean, for me, Sally, for many years, it was part of my own healing to do what I did. You know, the the need for significance. We're, we're kind of into the territory now of the six human needs. And, and it's interesting on any conversation that we're never going to be a million miles away from those six human needs. Because isn't it true that everything we do as human beings, we do it for a need, whether that's the need for certainty, the need for uncertainty, the need for significance or love and connection or growth or the highest human need, contribution. So as I look back on my own journey and certainly fighting for decades, many dark demons, my, my unsung hero acts gave me a lot of significance. It made me look and feel good when actually inside I was probably, well, not probably, I was feeling very insecure, very vulnerable, very fragmented. Um, but it gave me that. And I just wonder... You know, certainly one of one of my mentors, Richard Gerber, has uh, is very um, not outspoken, but is very certain around the fact that everything that we do as humans has a selfish connotation to it, even if we're not aware of it. So even charitably, when we give, it's for our own gratification. And I kind of just put that out there generally, Sally, to invite any comment on that. Because as much as Richard is, um, well, he's a very influential figure, and I certainly respect him immensely, I'm not so sure as I totally agree with that. Have you got any thoughts around the acts that we do are for selfish gain? Well, I guess, I guess, you know, what you just mentioned kind of turned what I said previously on its head a little bit, because um, perhaps that's not what you're, when you're, when you're doing, gauging in heroic acts um perhaps you're not doing it for attention but perhaps that's the the um, consequence that you mm. get and so you do get um subconsciously or consciously even rewarded or reinforced for that behavior um so you know maybe there is more attention to it than than one may want to admit or or be consciously looking for um I would think the things that I've done that I've been told in my life have been heroic or, um, you know, special have really been done perhaps just because I'm, it, it, it feels good for me on a personal level. And mm. I think the beautiful bonus is that maybe it has a ripple effect to other people. So I've been told, you know, I'm such an inspiration for people because I've gone through some hardships with uh, my daughter's health, for instance, and my son's health, even to a degree. 
um, and how I handled it, et cetera. Well, I was, I, I did what I did because, well, I, number one, I, I love my children to death, right? So you do anything mm -hmm. for them. And the beautiful thing was that it had this consequence that I was inspiring to other people. Mm. Certainly wasn't my motivation, but um, perhaps you get a little reinforcement out of that and it motivates you to continue to do other things that are inspiring to other people. You get a taste of it. Yeah. Interesting words used there, Sally, conscious and, and subconscious, because, you know, to keep the focus on the human needs and, and listeners, isn't it true? We're never going to stay, you know, we're never going to veer a million miles away from those human needs because everything we do, we do it to meet a need. But even the love of our children, you know, meets one of those six human needs, doesn't it? Love and connection. Yeah, definitely. And, and particularly as a parent, you know, we are significant in their nurturing, providing security for them. And what's security, Sally, if it's not providing certainty in their life? Yes. Yeah. That's stability and security and, and, and being a role model, you know, mm. the, there's an opportunity when you're a parent um, to really model lots of virtuous things. And that's a responsibility that I think, you know, good parents take on is, is, is modeling that for them at a young mm. age. There's a train of thought with the six human needs that if you meet three out of the six at a decent level, and decent is a very subjective term, for me, I'd say seven or above, where seven's good, ten is outstanding, and zero is, is, is non-existent. So ten's your kind of ultimate. But seven or above is a good score. And if you meet the three of those six, it's classed as an addiction. So let's look at parenting. So if we look at the, you know, what we've just got an example there, Sally, you know, we're certain for our kids, we're always there. They know that they can rely on us. There's going to be, a, there's going to be new shoes when we need new shoes. There's going to be a meal on the table, roof over the head. You know, mm -hmm. they're there to comfort when, you know, they, they're going through whatever trials and tribulations they, they're going through. So that's a certainty. And we know that we're there, that's our need for certainty, Matt, because like you said, you know, I'll do anything for my kids. And that's really what most people would say, isn't it? Not mm -hmm. all, but most. So there's one need, Matt, at a, at a very high level. The need for significance. Boy, are we significant in our kids' lives? Because if we don't provide that certainty and that love and that, and that connection and everything, then what... What, what what are we doing? What are we doing? So there's another one that's at a high level. The growth. We help our kids grow, not just physically, because their bodies will grow physically anyway, but to grow intellectually, morally, spiritually, as, as people. You know, our contribution, all of a sudden we're meeting for, we probably as a parent, as an inverted commas, decent parent, meet all six needs. Now that's an addiction. In technical terms, isn't it? I, th I would think being a good parent is it requires some addiction, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> interesting. As you're going through these, it made me think we're meeting them for ourselves when we parent, but we're also meeting it for them. So yes. they're yes. having their need for certainty met, and their need for significance met, and their need for growth met, and that in 
interesting how over time we need to sort of back off and let them find that stuff in meaningful, healthy ways on their own. Absolutely. And the, you know, the example of being on a plane where the, um, you know, they, they announce, you know, in the event, unlikely event of an, um, you know, uh, an emergency landing, put your own yeah. mask on first. And I've been yeah. on many planes where I've, I've lost count of the no, no, I'm going to put me on my kids first. But that's a great metaphor for life, isn't it? To say that actually, no, without us being the best we can be, without us being there first, we can't. We can't serve anybody else, whether it's our partner, our kids. It doesn't matter who it is. But yeah, it transcends airplanes for sure, doesn't it? Mm. It's, um, mm. it and I often use that in, in when I do parent coaching with families is um, it's so true. You know, you, you need to you need to work on your habits and behaviors as a parent before you expect that um, improvement to transition over to your kids. And uh, it's very hard as a parent to kind of um, reconcile the struggle with doing that and, and acknowledging that it's important. It definitely transcends into relationships with, you know, intimate relationships and friendships and um, not just, parent-child. Fascinating. So I think what a conversation like this does, hopefully it does anyway, listeners, is raise awareness of the other side of the coin. Because we just, you know, we're so conditioned to just get on with it, just do it. Don't moan, just do it. And I think that, I mean, that's okay um, to a certain degree, but at what expense to ourselves? You know, that self-care no, my kids come first. I'm going to put that mask on my kids first on the plane um, scenario, to use that uh, example. My kids come first. But I question that, Sally, on many levels, to not just in the, the theory of what we're talking about, the philosophy of what we're talking about, because I think one of the things is, as human beings, we do struggle with praise, don't we? Gen- I mean, that's a cultural thing, I think, as well. But generally speaking, as a species, the human beings do struggle with being praised. Well, I think as uh, certainly children don't struggle with being praised. Um, But something happens along the way, whereas adults, I think we're taught that it's a virtue to be humble. And so it, you know, it can become uncomfortable to receive praise. Um, But doesn't that go back to self-love, right? Mm. Self-love. I wondered that. Yeah. Okay. So I wondered how long it had been, listeners, before we got to those two all-powerful <laughs> words: self-love. Uh, mm. It's certainly easy to dish it out to your children, right? But to to um, to to afford yourself that luxury, for, you know, to give it to yourself is is a lot more uncomfortable, and it's at least for some of us. Mm. I think for for most of us, because I think there again, Sally, we're kind of conditioned with this, you know, this wording, this whole instruction, if you will, from an early age, you know, think of others, be selfless. And we kind of take away that natural, no, I've got to look after me first. I've got a duty to me, first and foremost, before my children, before my partner, before my family, quite simply, because I need to be the best I can be 
before I can be of any use to anybody else in any capacity. Yes. It, it doesn't, uh, I, you know, we're taught very early on, do unto others as you would want done unto yourself. Mm. And I think it was Louis, was it Louise Hayes talks about that, that maybe that got, that messaging got a little messed up and that it really mm. has to do with how you treat yourself is how you will treat others. Mm. And, you know, we should perhaps start a new messaging campaign to get that out <laughs> to kids and to adults as well. And the earlier, the easier. I always say that. The earlier we teach that to kids, um, we teach them to put themselves as a priority and that um, sacrificing yourself for someone else isn't always virtuous, um, I think is important because a lot of adults struggle with that. Mm. Could it, I mean, I put in it too strongly, what you just said there, Sally, am I putting it too strongly to say sacrificing yourself as others? If you saw that on a film or in a play or something or read it in a book, wouldn't that be classed as martyrdom? Sure, it sure would. I had a conversation with a, a parent yesterday and um, she said we were talking about her son and he, he helped another, he's very good at math and he was helping his best friend at math to his own detriment. So he was put, investing so much time in helping his friend do well. His friend got the A and his own grade, he, you know, he, in, in doing so, he sacrificed his own grade. Um, and so the conversation kind of had to go around, okay, it's, it's lovely that you want to help your friend, but there's got to be some limits around that, right? It's um, it's interesting how this comes up uh, in other in other areas. The same the same messaging comes through it when it has to do with math homework or math studying for a math exam. Hmm. I mean, obviously, everything's got its own context, and we can't lump a situation, you know, every situation under one umbrella title. Sure. But there's a train of thought, and I can certainly resonate with this, Sally. While I'm giving to others, I'm actually deflecting away from whatever challenges I may have. And I certainly did that for decades, focusing on others, because by doing that, I was getting significance, I was getting love and connection, but I didn't have to look in the mirror and look at me and face the demons. And so the behaviorist in me would say that that had to do with avoidance, right? That your behavior to help others was motivated by avoidance of some things that you didn't want to mm. pay much attention to. So yeah. you weren't seeking attention for helping others. You were, you know, yeah, really but, trying to avoid some certain uncomfortable things in your own life. But it did, I, I agree with that, definitely. But it also met my need for significance at the same time, massively. But you know, irrespective of which one of those, and it's probably a mixture hybrid of the two, the point is for me, uh, and I ask it as a question, as a generalisation, Sally, that do you feel that we do as, as people, as a species, yet again, we kind of, it's easier to pour our love. When we're back to that self-love again. We're never a million miles away from that or the human needs. But it's easier, isn't it, to then, you know, love the dog, love the cat, love the kids, love something else other than look in the mirror and actually love us. Would you agree with that? Much, 
I think it's much easier to do that. Mm. Yeah. And, that, and because it's much easier, it, it motivates us to continue doing it. It's the, mm. you know, the path of least resistance in a way. Right. So, mm. um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's fascinating. It, it, you've got me thinking though about this, you know, in my behavior world of, uh, professionally, you know, we, we pretty much distill everything down to a, a number of functions of behavior, but it, it'd be interesting to try to overlay the functions of behavior with the six human needs and where mm. they, where and how they fit together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Because certainly from a, a personal perspective, and you know, because of the conversations we've shared off air, Sally, around my um, acceptance, you know, the power of the six human needs and how, just going back to a point that you raised expertly earlier on around, you know, so I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the, you know, this, this stuff that we do, meeting these human needs, this addiction for our kids, for example, so long as those needs are met in a positive way. The addiction is obviously when the needs aren't met in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to lose sight of that sometimes, you know, because unless it's glaring, glaringly obvious that it's um, not in a healthy way, sometimes even those subtly unhealthy ways get overlooked. Mm. Yeah. And the way right? if, yeah. if you have a you know drug addiction, well, it's pretty obvious that you're meeting those needs in an unhealthy way. But if um, self-love is getting squeezed out, it's not so obvious, is it? It's easier to carry on doing what you're doing than try to try to change things. Mm. So is there a case then, Sally, with this philosophical dance we're having now, this, this amazing conversation, <laughs> is there a case for, um, you know, we've got a magic wand, we've got a big magic wand and we can, you know, we can go bing and all of a sudden the world is full of heroes rather than unsung heroes. Would you change that if you could with a, with a metaphoric magic wand? Mm, interesting question. Uh, I would say no, my, my, my gut says no on that, that, you know, I always, I, I call my magic wand fairy dust. And if I had fairy dust to do that, I don't know that I would because um, it may change the quality of the heroic work in some ways mm. that may not be of benefit. I don't know. Mm certainly potentially strip out that humility and that um you know that whole kind of selflessness wouldn't it maybe i don't know i don't know i mean i think none of these you know none of this is an exact science like i said it's not a one size fits all nice and tidy answer that you can put in a box and that's it but it does raise i think for me it's all about raising awareness I absolutely am convinced that everything stops and starts with awareness. It's like a, it's like a learning circle. And as we go around the merry-go-round, you know, if our eyes and our hearts are open, we pick up stuff and we come round on one revolution more experience, better for the experience than we did, you know, every time we do that, every time. Mm -hmm. So we keep going round and round and round and mm -hmm. hasten to use the term practice makes perfect. 
Um, but maybe practice does make perfect. Maybe as we go through life, that's what we're doing. We're practicing getting better at life, getting better at becoming a hero. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm curious what you would have, what your answer would have been with your magic wand. Ah, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> um, okay, great, great question. Well, my, my, my answer to that, Sally, is wrapped up in leadership because I think, you know, we haven't, we haven't mentioned that word leadership. So people that are more, dare I say, conscious of what they're doing rather than, oh, I just do it. Stop making a fuss. I just do it. Uh, yeah, but you realize how good you are and how many people you affect positive. Oh, I don't know. Stop making a fuss, you know, and oh boy, have I had this conversation so many times with so many people. Mm -hmm. And certainly for many years, Sally, when that ball was put back in my court, I was very uncomfortable with it. No, I'm the one that does the giving. But what that was a need for was control. I had to control the situation because of my vulnerability and insecurity and issues from childhood. I needed that certainty. So if we went out for a meal, I would have to pay. And I would have to pay the next time and the next time. I was the giver. I never received any, any kind of anything from anybody because what that was about for me was control. I'm in control of this. Boy, do I feel good because I'm paying for the meal. I'm paying for the drinks. I'm gaining significance. I'm controlling the situation. So for me, it's a question of raised awareness and leadership. Okay, and the big why. Well, why are you doing this? So there's nothing wrong with paying for the meals every time or the drinks, so long as you know why you're doing it. And for many years, Sally, I didn't know why I was doing it. I now know why I was doing it because I was still, you know, there was a, still a lot of stuff, um, that, you know, the self-love that we alluded to was, was mm. not there. So I needed to buy that affection. I needed to buy that connection. I needed to control the situation. It was all about me. There again, you could say a lot of people benefited. Yes. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but what I'm challenging is the fact that as unsung heroes, there again, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, listeners, but to raise awareness and say, okay, but why am I doing the things I'm doing? If I was a little bit more aware, could I be even more powerful than what I already am? Just a thought. Yeah. It's a deep one, too. Mm. <laughs> There's so much to, to dive into that on. I mean, I, I, I go back to um, the, if you had the magic wand to make all the unsung heroes just heroes, what what qualitatively does that look like? What is what would that what would that look like? I think it's a bit it's a bit of a <laughs> it's a bit of a misnomer really because at the end of the day it's a label. I mean, obviously, what we've engaged in for the last sort of thirty minutes or whatever it's been is a is a really I think deep and meaningful conversation about raising awareness raising awareness around the six human needs and just touching on one or two things that we as humans experience like vulnerability like insecurity and i suppose the underlying message sally is that yet again there is no right there is no wrong 
But do you know what, listeners? It's okay to feel vulnerable and it's okay to feel insecure. And do you know what? From time to time, it's okay to treat yourself more than from time to time because you've done a good thing to self-praise, to look in the mirror and say, do you know what? That person in that mirror, he or she is something really or someone really special. But we don't, do we? We don't. And I, and I go back, you know, you and I always, often talk about this. We have got to get better at teaching this at a younger age. Mm. It's, it's just, it, it goes back to the earlier, the easier. The earlier we teach these things, the easier it becomes as a habit and part of our, our daily um, routines. Just, just like we brush our teeth, that's what we do. We, we give ourselves positive affirmations and, and love ourselves just a little bit more. Mm. And to answer your question, Sally, about the proverbial magic wand, my take upon it is this. And obviously, you know, we've yet again, listeners, Sally and I have had this conversation privately about what I call pebbles in the pond. So I think that the more pebbles, that, you know, positive pebbles that we can drop in the pond for big positive ripple effects, the better. Now, whatever label, because this is really what we're talking about here, isn't it? Labels, whether it's hero, unsung hero, black, white, male, female, rich, you know, they're labels. Ultimately, it's about that goodness of heart, isn't it? I think they call it love, do they? I've heard this word love bandied around before. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, four letter, four letter word. Simple four letter word. Mm. Yeah. So maybe listeners, maybe this whole kind of debate was just, and I say just lightly, but a way of two people communicating, dancing, exchanging views, exchanging, you know, emotions, thoughts about life. And isn't that what we do as human beings, no matter what label we have? And knowing that we've got somebody there to talk to, to, to confide in, to, to be whatever it may. Maybe that's the bigger picture here. And the unsung hero or hero is actually, as I keep saying, just a label. So mm, just well, the label fits you well, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Own own the label. (laughs) Own the label. Yeah. So um, Sally, how can people find out more about you? What's your contact details? Do you have a website or social media? I, I do have a website and social media. You can find me at dynamicbehaviorsolutions.com. Dynamicbehaviorsolutions.com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and obviously the web. So under this very first World Game Changers podcast then, Sally, I want to ask you a big question now, just to sign off. Um, for, for you to leave us with your thoughts. So if you did have that proverbial magic wand, what would you do with it? What would, you be, what would be your wish? Oh, goodness, Paul. Uh, well, I think, you know, I'll, we'll go back to that four-letter word, love. I think if everyone loved a little bit more themselves and others, Uh, lots of things would fix themselves. So my magic wand would, my fairy dust would sprinkle love in and around every person 
And I think that would do the trick for just about everything. And that would make you a hero, Sally, either. <laughs> Even if that was unsung. <laughs> and I think there, listeners, we leave it at that. And I just want to sign off on this, this very first um, World Game Changes new podcast episode by saying, remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond?